The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the host and guests. Trigger warnings, these podcasts may not be safe for work. I hope you enjoy. And action. Good afternoon, everybody. It is that favorite time of the week. Gaming sessions and everything under the sun. I am David, aka Vincent DB82, and over here is Gerald, aka Sukanode. New episode. How was your week, Gerald? Um, it was pretty okay. Um, it was like I'm getting another week off because uh, I like my So, uh, apparently, the uh, clients decided to too big of a deal right now um right so kinda... i was kind of sorry i was kind of like i was like dang gerald got laid off shit i know how that feels yeah <clears throat> shouldn't be too big a deal let me get you invited to party and then we'll go on a hunt i think i still need a neutral uh claw gems um but, oh those uh, daggone neutral claw gems yeah. um but my week wasn't too bad um like nothing really significant to report that I I, I feel like reporting honestly. Um, got some time in on uh, Code Breasts. Uh, Code Breasts yes. Stuck at a mini boss. Gonna have to grind for that. Um, got some time. Put in more time on Total War. Um, and all the time I've been putting into Total War has got me optimizing my armies a lot. Um, mm. Like, uh, I made... There are five Doom stacks in the game. The fourth best is the Chaos Army Colec Shagos. And Shagos are dragon ogres, and that's exactly how it sounds. They have the lower half of a dragon and the upper half, the upper half of an ogre. Um, and they're some of the most powerful units in the game, and you can, because Colette gets a, uh, 
a percentage knocked off of their unit upkeep. Oh, you're in party. Let me set us up. Um, you can create an entire army of just Shagos, and they just wreck. So they just wreck just about everything they come across. It is you cannot fight that army one on one except for with another Doom stack. You just lose otherwise. Um, we'll just do a neutral patrol. Uh, so been putting a lot of time into that. Uh, me and my friend uh, Crit are planning on doing another co-op campaign. We're looking to do Chaos and Beastmen, um, which we've started oh. up. Um, gonna be a, I'm gonna be recording it because uh, it's gonna be another like uh, another one like uh, the Dark Elves one and the Dark Elves and Skaven one we did, uh, where we're just businessmen and the factions are businesses that we're growing and uh, uh, like growing the profits of. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that, so we're going to be doing that again. Um, outside of that, I'm trying to think of... Oh, I went ahead and I uh, I grinded out the levels I needed for Lout and Ayune and uh, Space Lords. Mm -hmm. um, Lout's not bad. Um, I, I'm not... I don't like his mechanics completely. Um... I really think uh, his mechanic needs to be changed a little bit because uh, the way his transformation works <clears throat> is as he takes damage, because you know this, David, but as he takes damage, he builds up a rage meter. And once his rage meter is full, he can transform into like a beast form. While he's in that form, he's immune to all physical attacks. That means punches, grabs, any physical attack he's, he's invulnerable to. The problem is he loses health rapidly. He just hemorrhages health. And he gains lifesteal. So you want to be constantly attacking enemies to keep him going. And if he runs out of health, he explodes. And his explosion deals mm -hmm. damage. So you can kill an enemy by dying. Um, yeah, that was the issue I came across when, I was, when we were doing that one match and I finally was able to transform... But, like, there was nobody around to attack. Yeah. Now, you can stop his transformation by pressing the skill button again. So you can detransform him. Um, hmm. uh, but you got to do it before his health runs out. And you might you want to do it in a safe spot so that you don't, uh, so you don't get attacked by enemies and immediately killed. Um, also, his grenade launcher, I, I was watching a video on how to use him, and his grenade launcher is really good uh, for killing elites because the, mm. the, the grenade explosion uh, basically causes a stun because it, it, it hits them with a push. So they get pushed, but while they're pushed, they cannot react or do anything. So you can clock them with a grenade, just run up and grab them and insta-kill them. Um, and I've been doing that, like, the whole time. It's very, very effective. Um, and satisfying. And satisfying. Because uh, he does, like, a fucking <laughs> suplex on him. And it's, it's, it's pretty great. <clears throat> I like it. I haven't gotten a chance to try out Ayune, but she sounds really complicated. Like, she's a healer slash uh, 
like she can uh, mind control enemies. Um, mm. Yeah, so she can she can't mind control elites, but she can mind control any of the yeah. other minor enemies. So you have to be mindful of what kind of map you're on and what are the best uh, minor enemies to grab. Because there are some really good minor enemies like grenade launchers and uh, rapid fire machine gunners and stuff. So there are really good ones. You just gotta mm. know which ones to get. Um, and she has right. a heal that she can use on her minion and other players. So she can heal other players. And I think she can, she has like a uh, an augment that if a player goes down, like they're on really low health, she can basically revive them with her heal. Just insta revive them. Um, so I think she'll be good, but she's going to take some getting used to, and I'm going to be absolute crap with her at first. Um, because even her <coughs> guns have kind of a complicated <coughs> setup where they get bonus damage because it, it's based on what it's based on a uh, stat boost called pressure and the more pressure the gun has yeah. the more damage it can do and stuff like that and each of her guns has something different um lout's other two lout has a gun that literally just sprays mines all over the floor i want it <laughs> I, he just he just, he, he just turns an entire area into a no-go zone and I so want that gun. Oh, I found it over here. Do we want to keep gathering mm. stuff and come back to it later since there's only the two of us? Because the other, the other guy uh, in our party uh, wimped out, out like a little mark. What a wuss. Like a little mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's not a Karen asking for our supervisor. <laughs> I, I just tell him I am the supervisor, sir. <laughs> well, I want your supervisor. Is like right. I I I'm the supervisor. There, there's 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 no going past the me. The buck. <laughs> the buck stops here. Buck stops here. Um. So that was fun on Space Lords. Uh. I haven't gotten in any more Monster Hunter, mostly because I've been doing everything else. I did get in a good right. amount of time on Killer Instinct, and I am starting to mm. figure out how the combo system works. Um, I really like Gargos. Oh shit! Um, he saw me. He spotted me. Spotted you. All right, I'm on my way. <clears throat> um, I do really like Gargos and his game plan, but it's gonna take me a lot of getting used to. He's kind of a mid to long ranger, um, and getting used to when you can press his good. Like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out his good buttons. What I really want at a Killer Instinct right now, because don't get me wrong, Killer Instinct is nearly the total package. But what I really need at a Killer Instinct is the training session that it has for uh, that it has for uh, who is it? Uh, the, the one guy. guy. I'm trying to remember his name. No, uh, well, but I think I know what you're getting at. But yeah. that training that he has is what you want for everyone else. Is what I want for everyone else because it tells you what all his good buttons are it tells you the best way to use his uh specials i want that for everyone else like his right. training tutorial it jago jago's his name. uh his training tutorial yeah. is so good and i want yeah i want that same training tutorial for every character 
because his training tutorial allowed me to really get a whole, uh, get the grasp of him very quickly. Um, uh, <coughs> out. Go slap your tail somewhere else, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, I need a cough button. <laughs> yeah, outside of that... Um, outside of that, I've been, uh, reading... Um, and just, man, eh, general relaxing. Um... Mm. Ah, my boss fell off. Maxing and relaxing. Eh, doing my best. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it for my week. It, it hasn't been bad. Uh, of course, it's right. been better, but it always like, mm. like it always could be better, right? So, mm -hmm. well, oh yeah. So over to you. Well, you know, normal-ish week. Um, the stuff that they had me doing at the job, they've kind of passed on to a girl who's. Uh, they, she just now told them she's uh, got a bun in the oven. But uh, she's going to be, I guess, going on maternity leave next month. So my supervisor's like, you know, just hang on until next month. And I was like, you know, you know me. I don't complain too much. I don't complain too much. I just do my job. Uh, so there's that. Uh, this week in print and play games, I reprinted two that I already have. So they're just single um, cardstock pieces, whereas before they were... It was two pieces of cardstock that I glued together, but that doesn't look as pretty. And then, uh, so I did those two, and then this new one called Maiden in the Forest. It's a solitaire game. I'm going to give that a try at some point. And uh, put Agent Decker in a set of card sleeves. Uh, played a couple games of that last night at about 2 in the morning. Uh, I got my copy of Hero Realms on Thursday, so it's the uh, the fantasy version of Star Realms. Uh, Hero Realms looks to be a lot more similar to Dominion, uh, but it still does the five-card marketplace thing, but this this uh, copy can play up to four people. Okay. Uh, and I... I um, do we mm. want to do Escalation for the uh, neutral... Uh, claw gems and stuff that I need. Yes. Okay. So I'll yes. that. Continue, please. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then yesterday I ordered my copy of Epic Card Game. I'm really liking White Wizard. Uh, like I told you, but the audience may not know. Uh, White Wizard was founded by two professional Magic the Gathering or competitive Magic the Gathering players. So. You know, it's card game players making games for card game players, so I, I dig that. Uh, played a little more Star Realms on my phone. Haven't been doing the writing like I should be, but, you know, life tends to get in the way because we're not, you know, rich podcasters who can just not have to worry about a job. Mm. Yeah. That is... Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I feel like my problem is I just need to time manage better. And I am I'm really, really working on that. I'm really, really working on time managing better so I can get my writing in and get 
podcast stuff in and do other stuff for the podcast and so it it for me i feel like my problem is managing my time better work does get in the way because man it eats up a lot having to have a having a job and trying to do this really eats up a lot of time it just does and i don't think anyone mm-hmm. really states just how difficult it is to manage doing something like this with a job as well depending on what that job wants of you and requires of you uh you are not in here why yeah. are you not in here um i guess a glitch in the game Yep. And speaking of podcast, uh, we're doing this differently this week. Oh, I was um, going to bring that up too, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'll just say a little bit, then you can say the rest. So we have started our official gaming sessions Twitter. Not Twitter. We already have that. Twitch. So when we do our podcast recording, you can watch us play games. Oh, did you quit? Quit out, and then yeah, you're gonna come so back I can in. Get back <laughs> in and invite you in to get you back in. I don't know. Yeah, I really need them to fix that. Yeah, like it shouldn't just be so, swapping uh, people out of teams. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ain't wrong. So uh, what what we're gonna end up doing is we will uh, stream our game while we're recording, and Gerald's handling that on his end. With uh... you, go ahead and talk now. Go ahead and tell them. Okay. Um, our Twitch Give them the fancy breakdown. Our, our Twitch channel is Gaming Sessions. Uh, it's just Gaming Sessions and everything under the sun. So G-S-A-E-U-T-S. And you should be able to find mm-hmm. that on Twitch. Uh, feel free to come and watch us uh, while we play games. Feel free to play those games with us if you are interested in those games or have those games yourselves. We're perfectly okay with that. Um, chat with us talk with us add to the conversation we're all good with that just remember the cardinal rule do it with a don't be a dick. of respect don't don't be an ass um uh don't be a dick what we uh also the with the twitch channel we try to what we try to do is to make sure that we're uh doing the podcast at 2 p.m central time which is my time. Um, so we try to make sure we now that's give or take because depending on what's going on, we might be a little bit late or we may do uh, we might be a little bit late on that. But that's when we try to make sure that we're doing the uh, the podcast and thus the uh, Twitch that you can watch with us. Um, right. Yeah, that that's going to be the change. And of course, the videos will be uploaded to Twitch. I'll upload them to my YouTube channel. Uh, at Sukinode Lunarai, um, so you can check them out on the YouTube channel, uh, on my YouTube channel, and you can also check them out on the Twitch channel because I'll make sure to get them uploaded to there. And of course, the normal podcast that you can listen to that David will be making sure he gets uploaded. So, right. So when we finish, <clears throat> Gerald will process the process the audio ship it to me then i'll do the editing and then you'll still be able to find the podcast where you find podcasts like tune in spotify apple wherever you listen yeah so we're doing our best to get you as many platforms to listen to us as possible if you like listening to us well why wouldn't they like listening to us i i don't know (laughs) 
<laughs> um, but uh, every everyone is like, like they can come listen to us and be amazing. If they don't, no hard feelings. But we want them to listen. I, I want them to listen to us. I want them to like listening to us, and I hope they do. And they continue to come back and tell their friends about us and stuff like that. So right. Because, you know, we, we do do this for the fun of it, definitely. Otherwise, why would we? But, you know, we definitely want, you know, people to listen, give us ideas, critis constructive criticisms. And, uh, you know, like Gerald said, tell your friends, tell your enemies, yeah. tell the guy at the DMV. <laughs> uh, tell your senator. Oh, definitely. <laughs> tell your mayor. We gotta, tell your local gotta police sheriff. Got to got to get that bill passed that uh, everyone has to listen to the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, what what would we call that? The the uh the Obama cast bill. <laughs> the you know, we'll call it the Oprah cast cuz you get a podcast. You get a podcast. You get a podcast. You get a podcast. <laughs> Everybody gets a podcast. <laughs> Okay, so oh, and another another uh, change for us doing it this way is uh, I'll have to manually go in and put in the the breaks between segments, <laughs> but that's fine. So we weren't. Uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um. I meant to go back and actually rewatch it, but it, it, it should be fine. I, I think I remember all the, the, the really important plot points. Um, I've been meh on the Mandalorian, uh, on the Mandalorian like this whole time. Um, I've been watching it, and I don't think it's a bad show, but I it, it feels like everyone is having like I listen to people talk about how amazing this show is and I feel like the only person at the orgy not having an orgasm <laughs> like, right like everyone else is like this is amazing and I'm like this person's foot is in my face I hope that someone's foot brushing up against my butt like I I, no, I, I who's touching I, my butt like I like this because she's hot and naked and I'm banging this chick and that's great but I don't know all in all I feel <laughs> not as good as everyone else seems to <laughs> right <laughs> so like i said not a bad show and i've been watching it all the way through and if there's one thing i can say about the show is i haven't been bored right which is good um i may not have the glowing review of it that i have for the witcher because the witcher i really really like like i i am so right so looking forward to more of the witcher uh the mandalorian yeah. i hope i think it's because the mandalorian is I, I i think the problem is that the mandalorian is focusing on a part of the star wars lore that i just don't care about um the mandalorian aka no lightsaber battles well yeah like and the thing about no <laughs> lightsaber battles and i get it everybody's like we've had more than enough right but we haven't had good Jedi and Sith stories. We've had the stupid movies. We've had... Well, what, 
Yeah, I was going to say, what about Yoda and Count Dooku? What about them? That was a pretty, like, you wouldn't have, I wouldn't have expected Yoda to be that acrobatic. No, no, I'm not talking about the lightsaber <clears throat> battles. They always get those right because you have to. Um, but what I mean is we haven't had good Jedi Sith stories. We've had plenty of great lightsaber mm. battles. Darth Maul's lightsaber battle against Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan is one of the most iconic ones in the franchise now. Um, Especially so, the song. Yeah. So we've had plenty of good or fantastic lightsaber battles, and that's all well and good, but we haven't had good Jedi Sith stories since the original three Star Wars movies. Um, the... And I just don't care enough about the Mandalorians. Even after reading up on them, I don't care enough about the Mandalorians. I, I, I just don't. There's nothing about them that I connect to or pulls me into their lore. Uh, but the <coughs> Jedi and the Sith, I love that lore. Like, I I, I like the way that it, it, it... We need to cut out the Metachlorians. The Metachlorians need to die. That needs to become uncanonized and needs to go. But I did I set us up for a no I didn't let me set us up for no. a run. I'm running around like a like a fool, <laughs> um, but uh, I I want a good Jedi and or Sith story, and I appreciate the Mandalorian for being a good story in Star Wars. I just could care less about the people involved. I really just could, and it doesn't have to be a Je it doesn't have to be a, a Jedi or a Sith like. Revan or uh, Darth Sidious or some stuff. It doesn't have to be some huge. I it could it could be just like the Fallen Order video game that came out. Just some no name Jedi, and we're following their adventure as long as it's a good story. And yes, I love lightsaber battles. Like I I sat down because I was thinking about this, so I sat down and started uh, watching lightsaber battles. They're just amazing to watch. Like, they they were, they were give me the same feeling I get when I'm watching a kung fu movie, and then we're at the climax of the kung fu movie with the two masters, and they're just going at it, and they're constantly countering each other and pushing each other into a corner and then getting out of that corner, and then one person is dominating, and then the other person is like, I switched my, I switched my stance to southpaw, and then now they're dominating. Like, I love that kind. I, I like that kind of acrobatic combat, right? And the Mandalorian is just a bunch of people shooting at each other, and if I want that, I can watch a World War II movie. Like... It, it just, and I know, um, I think Ian uh, prescribed the Mandalorian <coughs> as sort of a western, like it's it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a western style storyline. Yeah, I'm not really interested in westerns, so that really hurts it for me too. Like westerns aren't hmm. my thing. Um, now what I will say is this last episode of Mandalorian I thought was great. I thought it was really good, and I think I thought it was really good because it finally did the things with the story that I uh, needed it to do. It uh, it undermined uh, what's the what, what's the word? Not undermined expectations, but uh, oh crap. Uh, uh, what 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 
over under promised and over delivered well yeah <clears throat> that's what it is um i really like the uh i really like the uh the uh armor smith she's a really good character um i really like what mm. they did with her um i really yeah, who like... knew she was such a badass well she's a mandalorian <clears throat> she had to be a badass there's no way she was um, I was just waiting for when we were gonna get to see how badass she was. Um, yeah. What I what I I thought that her whole enclave would be badass, but then they ended up getting wiped out. So, and they may have been badass, and we don't know exactly what happened in that battle. But I, I like I honestly just assumed. Uh, Um, but I assumed that they would have not been wiped out like that. I mean, they're still Mandalorians. Um, right. But yeah, I thought this episode was really, really good. Um, best episode, best episode so far. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you have to say about it? And, and we'll pick. We'll pick some stuff. Right, so when I first started watching it and we see the client wanting Baby Yoda, I swore the dude looked familiar. And then when he finally showed back up again, I looked him up on IMDB. Turns out he was the uh, the bad guy in the Jack Reacher movie. His, uh, he was the Zek prisoner dude. <clears throat> so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, we both really liked Cara Dune. I mean, all the things we would do to her, essentially. And she's a really good character. Like, she really oh, is. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Like, I like what they've done with Cara. Um, you want a strong female uh, lead? There you go. Like, she's a good character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, she, like, they, they didn't just make her cardboard. Like, she had... <clears throat> you know, like you had told me with uh, one of the stories that I that you read of mine, and you were like, I knew that dude was going to be the bad guy because there's no invested interest in it. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, she was she was a good character. Um, I definitely would. <clears throat> they could what they could do is maybe because the Mandalorian takes place between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens if I understand correctly. So this is post-fall of the Empire, um, not the First Order yet. The Rebel Alliance is what they became the Republic again, I think. Yes, yes. They sh yeah. Yes. Well, and, no, uh, no, 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 because I think he even said that they were... Uh... Um, I think he, he even called them the Rebels. No, no, he called them the Republic, didn't he? In the one was... episode where they were escaping from the prison, they called it a Republic Beacon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, you they're, know... They're the Republic. <clears throat> yeah, so I would, I would like to... Uh, and one of the big things that kind of pissed me off was they that Disney retro retro canon or uh, retroactively 
made all the books not canon anymore, which really kind of irritated me because there are some good books. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I have to kind of be honest when that when that moth landed in his TIE fighter and he popped out, I was like, why in the hell is Don King or uh, what's that dude's name? Not Sharpton, the other guy. Uh, I can't think of his name. Yeah. One of those politician dudes. <clears throat> I was like, what in the hell did Disney do hiring him for this? But it wasn't him. It was, But uh, that Moff character, definitely interesting, especially at the end when <clears throat> uh, Din crashes the TIE fighter. And at the very end, you see the friggin' Dark Blade, the Dark Saber, pop out of the damn TIE Fighter, and I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? So it'll be uh, interesting to see how he came uh, came to have the Dark Saber, because that was an, that was the uh, first. I don't need an elemental tail gem. That was the uh, the weapon that the first Mandalorian Jedi created. Yeah, I actually read up on that. That was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I also I watched a, a YouTube video about it. <clears throat> they actually had the Darksaber in the Clone Wars cartoon and the Rebels cartoon. And I'm in the process of watching Clone Wars because I never watched it the whole way through. But now that it's on Disney+, Plus, <clears throat> uh, I can watch it now at my leisure. And I did come across the episode where you first see the Darksaber. And it's, it was held by uh, some Mandalorian friggin... I'll call him a bag of dicks, because that's what he was. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah, so I was really, really excited about the Darksaber. And when uh, when IG-11 took Mando's helmet off, I was like, oh shit, we finally get to see what he looks like. And come to find out, it was the guy who played Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Yes, I had to, I had to look that up too, because I thought he looked familiar, but couldn't place him, probably because, you know, he was a little paler than in, uh, in Game of Thrones, plus he was covered in blood and yeah. I think he had a mustache. <clears throat> I didn't actually no. recognize him at first. Yeah. Um, and then I saw him in uh, the cast, and so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, it was kind of funny how when, oh, and also the armorer, I think I told you this off-air last week, but the, uh, the actress that plays the armorer played... Uh, Maya slash God's sister in Supernatural, and she's hot. <clears throat> uh, not you can't really. really... My type. Um, but I, yeah. but yeah, I was. That was in, it, it. was interesting to find that out. Yeah. So, and I mean, she was she was definitely a badass, like taking on stormtroopers with a pair of hammer with a hammer and a pair of tongs. Um, I thought it was pretty badass. Well, I thought she was badass just because of the way she fought. But we have already been shown that stormtroopers are still a joke. <laughs> still <laughs> a joke. That's a 
like just still a joke. Like they can't hit the broadside of a barn, are not a danger, really to anything. Like this has been shown. Cannon fodder. Over and over. Yeah, cannon fodder. Even in this show, they're just cannon fodder. I've never felt that they were dangerous. And apparently, the only time they were dangerous was off screen when they killed the Mandalorian Enclave. And in, in episode four, when they destroyed the sand crawler. Yeah. So, I it, like, so for the pile of armor from the Mandalorian Conclave, I look at that and I go, there must be a fucking mountain built out of stormtrooper corpses. <laughs> like, because it would have taken thousands of stormtroopers to hit these Mandalorians and kill them. Like, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of these guys thrown at them because that's the only way they were going to get any shots in. <laughs> right. When you fill well, I the mean, skies with laser bolts. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, since this does happen in a galaxy far, far away, maybe that's where the 300 Spartans got the bodies to build their wall in the, uh, in the uh, bottleneck. <clears throat> you just... You know, they just had to uh, brush it out because of copyright law. Right. <laughs> well, we can't but, let yeah. you know with Stormtrooper corpses. Like, we'll, just, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll just erase. Yeah, we'll just we'll just move. We'll just use CGI to to cover that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked it. Um, but then Star Wars was my first fandom. As a as a young kid slash teenager until I, until I found Star Trek and then that kind of became a second Please to Star Trek, but that's just me. Uh, I liked it. I would definitely like to see more shows Welcome like that that fill world. in the gaps. Mm, so like, so like we have the fall of the Empire where Palpatine gets chucked down the, the shaft. Empire's destroyed, long live the Rebellion. And then it goes from that to now Mandalorian, where we have much to accomplish. you know it seems like the the Republic is well. I guess in the case of them, they're uh, bounty hunter scum, mm. so they don't they probably don't have a, a a real taste for the Empire or the Republic. Well, they're bounty and hunters. Would... They're basically portrayed uh, like mercenaries. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Same, same difference. And I would definitely like to see Kara's backstory because she was a, a drop shock trooper. So, like, what they do, just drop her down from one of the Star Destroyers in a pod and she just jumped out and just laid waste to everyone's faces? Uh, I'd like to see some probably. story behind that. <laughs> knowing her, probably. And, Seeing her and looking hot while doing it. Well, yeah. Like I, I, I haven't seen anything she's done in this show where she's not looking hot doing it. Um, <laughs> that also um, uh, brings up the point of uh, oh, what did I want to ask? See, I had a, I had, I had a point in my head, and then we started talking about how Carl was hot, and then I just lost it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my brain was like, oh yeah, yeah, we're we're switching over to this now. That's gonna take a lot yeah. of space. <laughs> um, uh, I'll take a oh, take a second to think. I was saying, there you uh, go. I I am 
concerned about the fact that Kara stays behind to work with the guild because I feel like that means that the character and the actress will no longer be in the show. And I really would like to see her come back, especially considering the bond that she seems to have developed with Mando and Baby Yoda. Um, yeah. And I know you think it's kind of a <clears throat> I know you think it's a, a romantic thing, but it feels well, I was, to me... I was saying, yeah, she wants that Mando D. Yeah, but to me, it seems more <laughs> like a bromance kind of thing. Like, they, they yeah, seem more you know, like, like a... sister and brother to me than they do a romantic couple. Now, that's not to say that it couldn't eventually become romantic, but I don't feel like anything yeah. that has happened between them has been romantic. Because a lot of it has been yeah. developing the trust to just be each other's friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. It's. I wouldn't even really call it a bromance. I'd probably say it's, uh, you know, friendship forged through strife and struggle. Yeah, pretty much. Like he saved her life. She saved. She saved his life. She realized. She's come to realize that he's she that he is someone she can rely on and depend on so she's insanely protective of him now right yeah um yeah and, yeah. and uh you know that would be something else i'd like to see in her backstory yeah. being a, a republic soldier what happened well, to make her she wasn't a republic soldier she was an empire soldier no, she was a Republic soldier because she had the uh, the rebel symbol tattooed on her cheek. Mm, no, because they were constantly talking about the barcode on her arm. And how if she got found, she'd be executed for deserting. Yeah, the Republic. No, because the entire reason she didn't want to go to the planet was because the Empire was there. Not because the Republic was there. This is why okay, I wanted to well, rewatch the episode. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I'm... now... Yeah, you're not sure, and uh, give me a second, I'll grab my Kindle and, and look it up. But yeah, so... Like, she didn't want to go there because they would kill her because she was a Republic soldier. Hmm. I'm pretty sure, but give me a second and I'll look it up. Okay. Alright, come here, tablet. While you're doing that, I also thought it was a really... I really like character uh, discovery, I guess is the best way to say it. I like character discovery. And so it, I thought it was a really excellent moment when he's inside the bar with uh, the robot. I, for, I forget the name of the robot, but... IG-11. IG IG-11. When he's inside the uh, bar with IG-11, and he's down there, and he's hurt, and IG-11 is like, well, I can save your life, but I gotta take off your helmet. And he's like, but why would you do that? And he's like, well, that's my imperative. He's like, no, you were built to destroy. That's what you do. He's like, I was reprogrammed. And the other character who re reprogrammed him was like, then if you trust me and you trust my work, then you'll trust IG-11. And he goes, no, and right. he puts up the gun. He's like, don't take off my helmet. No living being has has uh, seen me without my helmet. Seen me. It is the code. Yeah. And IG-11 yeah. is like, I'm not a living being. And so takes off his helmet. And then after that moment, 
Like, it has been just driven home how much Mando does not trust droids, does not like them. Thinks they are monstrosities that should be destroyed on sight. But after that right. moment, now IG-11 is part of the crew, right? Now mm -hmm. he's like, no, IG-11, don't go, you know, don't blow yourself up to save our lives. We'll find another way. <laughs> right. You know, I need you here. <laughs> and it, it, and the thing is, it didn't even feel like some kind of weird heel turn because, I don't know, it just felt like it progressed correctly. I, I don't know how to describe it past right. that. Um, but yeah, it was just a it was an amazing moment in the show and for character development. And that's one of the reasons I really liked this episode. Um, yeah. Definitely. And I found it, and uh, I was correct. So, Gina Carano, as Cara Cynthia Dune, a former rebel shock trooper turned mercenary from Alderaan, who fought in the Civil War for the Rebel Alliance. Well, what's the uh, tattoo about then? Was she caught at one that's point the... and that's how they branded her? See, we don't know that, which is why I would like more backstory on her. But the tattoo is the symbol of the Rebel Alliance. It's just a very small tattoo on her, on her cheekbone. Hmm. So yeah, like you know, like I was saying, I would love to see more. Since they're since they uncanonized the book, I want to see them do more, uh, more canon explaining. And now that now that the mouse has Star Wars as a property, they can do that. You know, you know, like I said, we had uh, we had Star Wars Clone Wars, we had Star Wars Rebels. All that stuff is on Disney Plus to to watch. Yeah. But, you know, I would like to see more fill in the blank when it comes to Star Wars. You know, especially since I had found out that the, the freaking Darksaber was a Mandalorian Jedi's weapon. Yeah. Like, I thought it you know, was I wanna, I a want... uh, version that the Mandalorians had just created to be able to fight Jedi. I didn't know... It was because there was a Mandalorian who, uh, we gotta kill that fucking electric asshole first. Um, I didn't know it was because there was a Mandalorian who had been force sensitive who became a Jedi and created his own Mandalorian hybrid lightsaber. <laughs> right. So that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. So, so, you know, Disney, aka the mouse, if you're listening, I want more canon backstory stuff to fill in the fill in the blanks. So get on it. And uh, and again and as well, I also want to. I would also like to find out more about who this Moff dude is that knew who. Um, what's his name? Uh, Grief Karga, who was an ex-magistrate. I guess before he became the the guild uh, leader. You know, it's kind of like in Firefly, you, the the shepherd. You find out he's got one hell of a past that he doesn't talk about. Right. Um, I actually like that Moth knew everything about them. Like I yeah, actually especially, like. Yeah, especially. 
you know, like especially that uh, the Mandal the Mandalorian's name was Din Djarin. Yeah. So, um, I I really did like that uh, because it made him a villain that was actually threatened. And honestly, there aren't many mm. villains in the Mandalorian that I felt were actually a threat. Um, it's kind of right. it's kind of <laughs> why I was hoping that some point in this series we would get a Sith or a Jedi to show up that he would be at odds with. Because if there's anything that's a threat to just about anyone who's not a Jedi or a Sith, it's a Jedi or a Sith. Like, a Jedi or a Sith shows up <laughs> in this kind of situation and everyone's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> like it, right. it, it's literally like seeing them queue up a nuclear bomb. You're like everybody scatter. Everybody run. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thermal detonator. No. Yeah. So, um and maybe that'll happen in the next season cuz this season was only 8 episodes. And true. Um so and and like we found out, the next season of Mandalorian doesn't come out until 2021. Oh, is it also that delayed? Damn. I was, I was well, it was uh, when... Um, I'm trying to think, because we don't get Witcher, I think, until... Until 2021. Okay, so we get... It won't be until fall of this year that we get more Mandalorian. Okay, I thought so. I thought the Mandalorian was supposed to come yeah. out, come back sooner. And The Witcher is the one that is uh, 2021. So, I don't know. Uh, so, I don't yeah. know if that's because they weren't show how, they weren't show, uh, sure how it was going to be um, seen. So, they wanted to wait on right. further stuff. Um, and I'm glad to see I mean, hell, I gotta... <laughs> Go ahead. Like, and I'm glad to see that The Witcher... Uh, was well received. Uh, like I'm really glad that it's an orgy that I'm also having a good time at, <laughs> since everyone right. else seems to enjoy it so much. <laughs> right. Um, um. Oh shit! I lost what I was gonna say. Probably not important. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, so, uh, not until 20, yeah, that's what it was, you were, you were saying they might have been waiting until to see if it was, if it was going to be well received. Well, I mean, yeah, just throw a baby Yoda at him and everybody goes nuts. Oh, no, the Witcher, because the Witcher's the one that out. Oh. Right, well, yeah. But, I mean, there's an, enough of a fan base, you know, from the games, the books, I didn't know there was books until uh, until I did some looking into it. Yeah. I knew there was the games and like the we had talked a little bit about Gwent, the card game, but I uh, deleted that because going strictly to computer and my poor laptop can't handle much more than Minecraft, and even that gets a blue screen of death sometimes. But yeah, but uh, definitely. Definitely excited for those shows to come back, and I definitely want to see more, uh, I guess, lore building for Star Wars, because yeah. the mouse can afford it. 
Actually, what I think I would like them to do is to start a whole new story and then have it tie in to Mando's story. Um, like, a whole new story, like another Jedi gets discovered, like another Luke? It doesn't have to be that. Like, I, I that's what I really want. Why do I have three of these things chasing me? <laughs> um, I really want some Jedi and some Sith in it because that's uh, what I enjoy about the Star Wars universe. Um, mm -hmm. But they don't have to do that. Um, no, I was on my way yeah, well, I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean they—they've got all kinds of stuff to work with. You know, we could—they could do live-action Clone War stuff, where you know, when the stormtroopers were actually good guys and could act. Well, even even still in Clone Wars, they—they they were still kind of—they're still well. And that's the thing too with uh, if you if you had read the books, like um, I read the. Uh, Revenge of the Sith book and it was written by one of my favorite authors and he did a really good job of showing the internalization of Anakin's descent into the dark side and uh, <clears throat> but like the whole the whole Clone Wars thing was essentially a giant Sith trap yeah Like the great Sith trap, yeah, yeah, and you know the the stormtroopers actually were cannon fodder. You know they're clones that were just mass produced. Same with the droid army of the separatists; they were just mass produced, and it was just cannon fodder to throw from one for each side to throw at each other. Yeah, pretty much, but. Uh, yeah, so those are my thoughts on that. I liked it. I want more. I want more backstory for some of these awesome characters. Make it happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my thoughts run along the same lines. Mandalorian's a good show. Um, I'm still looking for things to really invest me in it. Um, but I have no issues once the second season comes out to sit down, watch it, and see if it has that thing I'm looking for to invest me in it. Because, you know, you have some shows where you're just like, nah, I'm good. There's no incentive to come mm. back. I, I literally <laughs> have no issues with sitting down and watching this show um, and going, right. at this point, it's a good show, but I'm not enthusiastic about it, but... I absolutely can appreciate it for what it is, and I hope it it, it it gives me something to get invested in so that I can turn around and go, this is an amazing show, right? Right. Um, yep. I gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, I, those are my final thoughts on Mandalorian. It's a good show. If you're interested in it, go watch it. It's not a waste. It, it, it's honestly not a waste of your time. I didn't feel like it was a waste of mine, and I'm not even really on the Mandalorian gravy train. But I can acknowledge a good show, regardless of my own, like, whether I'm in personally invested in it or not. Right. So, uh, note to myself here, go ahead and put in a segment break here. 
And shall we talk about Death of Superman? Uh, yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> it's the Death of Superman Dark Multiverse. And for those who don't know what the Dark Multiverse is, it is basically the mirror image of our normal universe. So there's the light universe and there's the dark universe. Um, and they're just the mirror images. And in the dark universe, everything that can go wrong does. That's how that works. And the cosmic, the way the mm. cosmic balance works is the dark multiverse does that so that the light universe can thrive because it's a, it's a balance. In order for there to be the good universe, there has to be the evil universe to counterbalance it. Um, and in this particular story, it's going through the death of Superman. And I actually really liked the story, but I felt it lacked a little something. And what I hmm. liked the uh, what I liked about it is that when Superman, it, it's the story of the death of Superman. And for those who don't know or or ha don't remember, it is when the character Doomsday arrives, and he's and he's such a powerful opponent that he and Superman simultane simultaneously kill each other. Hmm. <clears throat> and when that happens, the world has to go without Superman. He's dead, he's gone, um, and a series of other events happen. So this happens in the Dark Multiverse, and Superman is basically fighting Doomsday by himself. The, the battle goes the exact same way, and he dies. Well, Lois is there when he dies, and she blames the other heroes for not having been there not having been there to help him while he was fighting Doomsday and literally being killed. Um, now, DC is really, really good when it comes to their uh, animated movies. And if you watch the mm -hmm. new... If you watch, I think, even the old animated Death of Superman, they outright show when, um, when, he's, when Superman is fighting Doomsday they show signs of Tuesday killing him. Like, you see his blood spatter, you see him getting tired, like, they show that there are signs that he is being destroyed. Um, and it's very kind of visceral. So what happens in this story is that Superman dies and Lois blames all the other heroes. And she's, she's just, she's mourning the loss of basically her husband at that point in time. I mean, I don't think they're married yet. Um, but she's mourning the loss of her lover, and she's like, why weren't you guys there when he needed you? Like, he, he's always been there for, he's always trying to be there for everyone else, and the one time he needed you the most if you weren't there. Um, and she's actually at the funeral that they're holding. And she talks about how, yeah, I'm sitting here at the funeral. They weren't there. All these heroes weren't there when he was being killed. But they're all there at the funeral now. And they show a specific scene of the Green Lantern <coughs> waving to the crowd. And she's just like, yeah, they always did like to be seen. So her ire and her, the feeling that she, that they wronged him just keeps growing with every little thing. <laughs> 
And of all people that they have <laughs> speaking at Superman's funeral, it's Lex Luthor spouting empty, <laughs> empty words. Because she even says these men spouting, uh, not like these men, like, oh, these men, but they're ta like talking about <laughs> these people basically spouting their empty words when they don't really care. And <clears throat> after the funeral, she's like, well, maybe the world will learn something from this. Maybe uh, the world will change now that Superman has literally sacrificed himself to save them and then they show a page where there are news clippings and she's like nope three or four weeks later everyone goes right back to the way things were it's as if Superman never even existed and she's like no the world did not deserve him you know the world didn't deserve Clark. Um, and she's visiting right. his mom and she comments on how uh, that his parents were the real heroes because when they found Clark, instead of being afraid and instead of hating, they decided to love when they found this unknown little baby, right? And she's like, well, they're the real mm -hmm. heroes. And, but no one acknowledges that, right? And, uh, and after the funeral and everything, what ends up happening is uh, Jonathan Kent has some form of heart problem. I'm not sure if he uh, like has a heart attack or what, but he's like in a coma. And Lois is there consoling Martha Kent. And Martha is just beside herself. She's just crying because she's like, I've lost both my, I've lost both my boys. And it, it actually choked me up a little bit. I was like, oh, man. And as this goes on, Lois is just getting more and more, you know, screw this. She's just getting more and more screw this crap. So right. after she's done visiting Martha, she goes to the uh, Fortress of Solitude to uh, take his blanket back to it. Um, the blanket that he came to Earth in with his symbol on it. And there she meets the Eradicator. And the Eradicator is his own character. I read through his character sheet to, to find out exactly who he was. It, it, it's it's dumb. Like, I, I can't help but say that it, the Eradicator is dumb. Um, but basically, he mm. is an artificial life form created by a Kryptonian scientist at the behest of the government to keep aliens from influencing Kryptonian life. It was a purist creation. And hmm. what it evolved into, it decided that it was going to protect the Kryptonians, but the only Kryptonian left was Superman. So it became his personal protector. Um, but somehow it wasn't around when the fight was going on, but it was, it was basically on its way, but it wasn't there when the fight was going on. And Superman died before it could get there. And it couldn't control. And there's a thing called like the Kryptonian life matrix. And it put uh, Superman in that to try to revive him. But it said it wasn't working. Um, and it was like, well, there has to be a Krypton. But I, I can't exist in this energy form, right? So Lois goes, well, use me. And, he, and the uh, Eradicator is like, but that could kill you. And she's like, I don't care. Just use me. So the Eradicator fuses with 
with Lois, and she basically becomes Superwoman. Like, it gives her all of Superman's powers and then some, honestly. Um, I think she actually mm. might have become more powerful than him. Um, so she decides in that moment, once she uh, is given that power, she decides to make the world worthy of Superman. So she goes around killing all of the criminals, all of the politicians that are being paid and bought off, all of the weapons dealers, all the people who want to, who are making war. She right. starts just... You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Are still recording, so I'll go ahead and set us right. up for another run. Um, I think at this point I may okay. have enough of the elemental talons, maybe, but I need the blueprint, so I need to kill the thing. The thing? The thing. The thingy thing? Mm hmm. But I don't have okay, the. Okay, uh, so. I don't have. I'm gonna have to give you lead because I don't have the uh, mission for it. The mission for the uh, crow, the dark crow bird thing. Oh, the the shroud. Yeah. Because that's I what I get the uh, blueprint for that helmet from. I get it from fighting the shroud. Oh, the tragic echo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if I can get one effing dark beak fragment I would be happy then I can do the I can make that tragic echo um, but yeah so continue where you uh, had left off uh, before I had my connection issue mm -hmm. uh, and uh, cue us up for the shroud and we'll do the shroud um, but uh, basically so she gets the powers you had left off of, yeah there you go yeah, yeah. she gets the powers of uh, Superman and she just starts cleaning house she starts getting rid of all of what she sees as trash which is all the evildoers all everything the criminals, <laughs> all the corrupt politicians she destroys all the weapons nuclear weapons all she destroys all that stuff she gets rid of all of it um <clears throat> and she finally gets she finally tr and the thing is when she gets her powers she's like she was always good at digging up the truth because she decided to clean everything up so she was always good as a reporter she was always good at digging up the truth but now she doesn't have to anymore she can see it she can see everything and she's like and, and the whole time she's cleaning up she's like Clark is this what you saw you could see the world for the way it was why did you never do more why did you never do what I was doing so she was kind of questioning his motives and at one and at and at some point she gets mm -hmm. to the point where she's like, "Were you afraid to save us? Um, like maybe you were afraid to save us." And uh, she gets to a point where she's thinking, and she's like, uh, "And she uh, she starts thinking, well, it's it was that humans don't." Uh, can't be saved and don't want to be saved well that was that was a little mm. later so let me get up to that point well once she starts cleaning house she tracks a lot of it back to Lex Luthor so she goes and pays Lex mm. Luthor a, a visit and 
he hmm. sees this entire situation and and that was actually a weird thing he sees her visiting him as just the same as if superman was visiting him because superman could never prove anything so he couldn't do anything right but she's been literally going hmm. all over the planet killing criminals killing politicians and stuff and putting them behind bars and whatnot and so he's like yeah i did this and i did this evil act and i did that evil act and i did this evil act but you can't prove any of it and i have more uh lawyers than you he even he even states that on his way from superman's funeral he murdered his own secretary just to prove he could and that he had beaten superman he says that to her and he's like and there's nothing you can do about it because you can't prove it and i own more lawyers than you and her response is grabbing him by the throat and flying up into the atmosphere and just watching his body burn away and i was like okay that was good <laughs> I was like, okay, that was his good. body burned away from flying up into the atmosphere. Yeah, I thought that was weird too, but I think it would. I I think maybe she just burned him because she can actually project energy through her hands because of the eradicator. So I think mm -hmm. what she did is she. It wasn't the atmosphere. It's just that she burned him while she was going up. Yeah, um, that makes more sense. Now, yeah. if she just flew up into space and then just did a 180 and just flew back down through the atmosphere. Yeah, I could right. see him being burned, but like the other way, no. <laughs> yeah. But uh and Okay, she... so oh, go ahead. Just a heads up, you only get one revive. Oh, uh criminy. Okay. Yeah. Uh one personal revive or your your friends can only revive you once. No, you can be revived multiple times. You only get one revive. Okay. So the personal revives. Okay, I'll try to yeah. remember that. Um, yeah, the same thing if we uh, if we went into the trials, it's the same thing. You only get one revive. Yeah. So you have to rely on the other players picking you up. Okay, I gotcha. All right, so sorry. Carry on. No, no, you're good. That was information I needed. Um... So she's floating in space as the what's left of Lex Luthor, which is just dust particles, floats away. And she's like, I know I should feel something, but I just don't. And then she systematically goes around killing every criminal. And they show the Joker. So the Joker's running Ooh. from her, and she catches up with the Joker, and she just uses her eye lasers to burn him down to nothing. Ooh. And... Batman confronts her and he's like what are you doing and she's like I'm doing what you wouldn't do and he's like there are lines we don't cross she's like no I'm sick and tired of hearing that your way doesn't work I'm making things better and right <laughs> he brings up Superman and she's like don't and and they get into and oh he brings up superman and I, oh what did he say specifically he said something about what would he think of you right now and she punches him right in the face which it doesn't kill him so i assume she held back um but uh she's talking to him and she's like you know he always pitied you and she, they show a flashback of Clark in bed with her, and they're talking. And he 
he's like, I just wish, ba like he's talking about Batman. He's like, I just wish he would stop, but he's so alone and he doesn't have anything else. And I just want him to stop. And Batman's like, I never stop. And you, and uh, Lois looks at him, and she's like, You don't, do you? And all of a sudden, her eyes start glowing red, and Batman just rushes right into her face, and she kills Batman. Hmm. And from that point on, she just basically lays down. They don't show her killing any other heroes. But from God that point, from that point on, she just basically starts laying down like she's the law, and she just oh, wow, that's a lot of damage. Yep. <laughs> Oof, that was a lot of damage. Ow, ev everything in me hurts. All, all the hurt, all the pain. Um, <laughs> my pain has pain. My pain has pain. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know my pain could have pain, but my pain has pain. Okay, um, be careful now. I'll try. <laughs> like, oh, ow, ow, my, oh, oh, damn it. Yeah, my, my pain and pain with the pain in my um, pain. <laughs> but, uh, so after she kills Batman, she just lays down the law. She says she's going to make the world, basically make the world worthy of Superman. So, mm -hmm. then she goes after who she thinks is the greatest threat, and that's the cyborg Superman. Um, and she brings up mm -hmm. all the different Supermans that showed up when Superman God died. Damn it. Like, cyborg Superman, Man of Steel, Superboy, and she's like all fakes and copies, but cyborg Superman is the only one that, like, tries to use his name, and she just won't have that. So she goes after cyborg Superman, and she's fighting him. And she's pulling the same thing that the Superman movie did, where she's fighting him in a populated city. So their fight is mm. killing who knows how many people. Um, right. And so she finally gets the upper hand and puts him down, and then Superman comes back. This was the part of the story that I didn't like that Superman still came back. So it turns out that the healing matrix that the Eradicator put him in took longer than what was expected, but it did revive him. Mm. Um, right. Really? Of I'm course it did. Positive I dodged that, but okay. All right, game. Um, Hang on. Oh, fuck you. But so he gets <laughs> revived, and he's revived and he's actually saving the people that her fight with Cyborg was putting in danger and she hears him she hears him talking which is how she realized he was there and he, she goes down to talk to him and everyone oh I didn't know I was back up um, everyone <laughs> all the civilians around them are like backing away from her and he looks at her and he's like they're, they're afraid of you he's like why are they afraid of you and she tries to explain, uh, and she's trying to explain to him that it's not what it looks like, but uh, the cy cy the cyborg Superman. All right, uh, go ahead and use your res. Okay. Is it dead? No, no. but we're in danger mode. Okay. Um, and the cyborg Superman pops up. No. And. Uh, 
what happens is <sighs> the cyborg Superman pops up again, and he has like a kryptonite cannon that he got from somewhere, and he's gonna shoot mm. Superman with it. Oh well, went down in one shot there. Mm -hmm. um, and he's gonna shoot Superman with it, and she's like, "No, I won't let you take him from me again." And she basically super dashes into Cyborg Superman and the cannon, and explodes both of them. But what that does is it spreads kryptonite gas everywhere, and because she's a human being possessed by the Eradicator, she can survive it. But Superman, in his weakened state, can't. So she killed. She she accidentally kills Superman again and this time apparently mm. indefinitely so I saw that as oh she ended up actually killing Superman and what he stood for by this but I didn't like it as part of the story because I felt like the story had much more impact when Superman had died and this is what she was doing if they wanted to go at the end of it right. that she killed his dream it should have been in a more metaphorical way that she killed his dream or is that the word i'm looking for <laughs> it shouldn't have been like she she in the end killed superman because she killed what was she basically killed the last of his legacy i don't think they should have brought superman back to kill him to represent that i think they just should have shown in some way that people no longer saw his symbol as a thing to be that makes them feel safe and that they're proud of, but as a thing to be feared, right? Um, but at the so at the end of the at the end of the comic, she's she's there with him dead in her arms, and she's still talking about how she'll make the world a place that was worthy of him. And the entire story is being narrated by a guardian of the. He basically, there. Uh, basically, he's a guardian against the dark multiverse, so it doesn't seep over into the light multiverse. And he's telling the story, and he's the one telling this particular story. And he talks about, well, maybe what the dark multiverse is is that it is a lesson, because any of us could fall into the same trap that Lois did. Because what it was is it was her vengeance. Like she sought to fix things, but she did it through vengeance, and vengeance doesn't know good or bad, it just knows destruction, right? So it was a caution. Yeah, so um, what's up? Go ahead, I'm I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. So he said that maybe instead of looking at these beings who fall from grace like this as something to be feared they should be seen mm, as something to be pitied because any of us could also fall it, it really is another definition of one bad week because lois had mm. like the worst week of her life and kind of became a mm -hmm. homicidal tyrant <laughs> <laughs> um right and I found what I was looking for when you say revenge, it made me think of uh, Nemesis, the goddess of retribution. Okay. Well, wait, when were you looking for that? Well, you were talking, because oh, okay. I, I have my fire, my Kindle fire, and I have internet on it so I can do searches. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a really, I, I really liked this. The, there, were, there were parts of the story I thought could have 
Well, no. I like the story up to the part where Superman comes back. I don't think that the story should have brought him back to life. Um, but right. otherwise, <laughs> I actually thought it was a really good story. Like I said, I really love character discovery like that, where you just dive into a character's psyche and kind of what makes them tick and what can push them negatively or positively. Like, I, I, I like those stories that look at the other side of things, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of like how I was saying the uh, Revenge of the Sith book written by Matthew Stover. Mm -hmm. That That's a that's like a huge dive into Anakin's inner turmoil. Yeah. And he does a really good job of it. But yeah, so continue. Um, well, that's, that, that was the end of it. <clears throat> that was the end of the story. A, just a really good story. Hmm? Yeah. Good I'd say so. Um, so if we're going to fight the Shroud, you're going to need to equip Umbral Armor and a radiant weapon. Uh, so we we may need to do some grinding. Oh, I hate dauntless grinding. Dauntless grinding is the <laughs> worst kind of grinding. Uh, all right. Well, what would you suggest? I guess. Hang on. Power boost two. Okay. So, um. What I'm what I'm wearing is the the uh, the Rift Stalker's armor, and then I I'm probably gonna switch away from the chain blades that I like so much and use a different light weapon if I can, because Valamir's well, now I have to do grinding. I'm gonna have to fight to Valamir. I remember us hating yes. fighting Valamir. Oh, he's so easy now. At least for me. No, well, he's probably gonna be really a pain in the butt for me. Um, let's see. Where's Valakir? Do I should? Ah, there we go. Okay, so uh, self self reminder to input a break here. For a podcast. And so, next topic that I have on the list is OPL. Uh yes. Since we went over we went over the riot thing about the the Me Too deal, but uh Yeah. Uh, you had wanted to say more about OPL, which you, I think you said that was the Australian uh, League of the, Legends it's thing. The Oceanic it's the Oceanic Pro League in the League of Legends esports. Um, right. And the more I dug into this story, the more it makes more and more sense uh, when I made the accusation mm. that that 10 million that Riot used as a settlement for the sex uh, for the uh, sexism lawsuit that was filed came from mm -hmm. the Oceanic Pro League. That's where they cut the cost because mm. what ended up happening is on October 23rd, Riot announced that they were cutting their funding across the esports so this wasn't just the oceanic pro league they cut funding for their esports side in league of legends and that but i could not find anywhere in any of the other pro leagues except the oceanic pro league 
where they cut the subsidiaries. And basically what the subsidiaries for the Oceanic Pro League was is that it was a um, – basically what they were doing is they were paying for, like, housing and internet and stuff like that because what uh, – Right, because you had said these pro guys, like, it'll be, like, eight to an apartment or some shit. Right. They'll they'll have to, because the uh, tournaments are held in specific places. They all have to fly or drive out to it, so they would get apartment. The teams would get apartments together or houses together, and then the subsidiary was meant to pay for that. Um, because otherwise, most of these pro players only make about ten grand a year. Now, this is what mm. is kind of messed up about it is. Not only did they cut the funding, but they also made it so that there was no minimum amount set for how much the players could be played anymore, could be uh, paid anymore. So what that means is if their sponsors and stuff decided not to pay them, they could decide not to pay them, meaning a lot of these pro players would have to get jobs on top of playing league. Now, that may not seem right. like a big deal, but the problem is league hmm. as a game is so complex, you cannot be a good player and have a part-time job. You have to play that game almost 24-7 to be at a pro level. Like, it has to be your main thing. Um, like, it is a job. It has to be job number one. It has to be job number one. And they basically mm. cut the field mm. out from under the players and made that harder. So, mm. and, uh, and so and, sorry guys, uh, we know that you in the Ocean Pro League like playing the game, but uh, we've got to settle this uh, harassment lawsuit. So sorry. The, and I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's what it seems like. That's literally they even the the company Riot even used the terminology the terminology that they're trying to break even because they're apparently not making any money off of it because they they already spent they said they already spent hundreds of millions of dollars on the esports scene but they said they're not making mm. uh that like ad revenue isn't even a tick isn't even isn't even putting a dent in their costs and I looked at that and I was like you're you're full of crap. There's no way ad revenue mm. isn't bringing you in loads of money. League is one of the most popular esports on the planet. It's huge. It really is mm. huge. The only other the only other esport that could possibly rival it is Fortnite, maybe. Mm. And you're telling like YouTube, the reason YouTube has become so trash lately is because their YouTube is making so much ad revenue money, they just don't care. But you're telling me mm. the biggest esport, like the League of Legends esports is the perfect venue for ads. Perfect venue for ads because it's adults, young adults and kids who like to watch the game and hundreds of thousands of people literally watch these tournament games and stuff um are you gonna set us up for a uh hunt yeah so um <laughs> question okay do you want to go up against a valamir or would you like to try going up against a rezakiri now the rezakiri is going to be the same as the shroud in that you only get one revive so 
what which would is you better in your opinion? I, I, I don't know how to make that comparison. Okay, so the Rezakiri is the radial version of the Shroud. It's the top, top tier. Okay. Whereas the, whereas the Valamir is the base, radial radiant, uh, behemoth. Okay. We'll go with we'll go with Valamir. Yeah, I was it's about easier. to say the the Valamir I've beaten before, but you're talking about something as strong as the Shroud, who we just got clapped by a second ago. <laughs> so maybe we should stick to the clapping Valamir. them cheeks. <laughs> um, got our cheeks clapped. Uh, do you want to do heroic or regular? It's a eight point threat level difference. Uh, whatever gets oh, regular. the materials I need for the weapons that you're telling me that I need. We'll do regular. Okay. And let me so, put on my sword. But uh, yeah, and um, so the so the OPL so they did that. They cut the funding, cut the subsidiaries. The OPL players aren't even sure if they're going to be getting paid anything at all anymore which means that their skills have to suffer, mm -hmm. and if their skills suffer, they may not be able to get picked up by sponsors and teams. So, they're kind of get So, everybody in the eSports mm -hmm. League of Legends, the League of Legends eSports is getting hit, but it feels like the Oceanic Pro League is the only league that is just getting thrown under the bus. Because I haven't found mm -hmm. another league that has had its subsidiaries cut. Now, I also haven't found anything that has said that they even get subsidiaries. I, I couldn't find and I couldn't find anyone who stated that. So maybe the other leagues don't even get subsidiaries, but somehow I doubt it. Like if if the Oceanic Pro League was getting them, I find it odd that none of the other leagues were getting them. Um, so that's what makes it even kind of worse. But yeah, like the more and more you read on this story, the more and more it sounds very much like Riot went, uh, especially because the the announcement for the cuts came out on October 23rd. The actual sexism lawsuit was filed in November, but it had been under investigation since like June of 2019, mm. maybe sooner than that. Right. And the... Uh, the, those in the lawsuit had already been negotiating with Riot before they officially filed the lawsuit in November. So Riot knew it was coming. That's why they put the money aside so they could go ahead and settle. So really what they were doing was going, where can we get this money from? Well, we have a fighting game that we're putting together that's coming up. Ain't going to cut funding from that. We got a first-person shooter we're trying to do. Ain't going to cut money from that. We got a... Uh, uh, a uh, mobile game coming up ain't cutting funding for that where could we cut money oh well the pro league we could cut money and say we're just trying to break even and the oceanic pro league we can just throw them under the bus because who cares and the thing that makes it even more plausible is this isn't the first time that a asian company has done something like this because in the fgc there was an issue with um oh i should have i should have gotten this i should have gotten the specifics for this um and if anyone knows feel free to tweet it or let us know but it was there was an issue in the fgc where um i think it was samurai showdown it was the new samurai showdown game and mm. what ended up happening is the the tournament holders 
changed where the tournament was going to be. So instead of it being somewhere close enough that all of the uh, players could uh, get to it without too much of a cost, they instead made put it in China. And they basically went, they basically went, so it's going to be in China. You have this much time to get there, and we're not going to help you get there. Right? Mm. Now, the thing is, China has like eight seats. They have eight players from China, representing China, that uh, that are just there. Right? Because they, they literally put the tournament in the area for those players. So if other players can't get there, those eight players automatically get those seats and go on to the championship tournaments. So it's like they tailored it so that other players couldn't get there. They literally did it on purpose. And everyone sees it that way. It's like, no, you did this literally on purpose. And so it's not even out of the ordinary for them to do something like this. Right. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, the more and more I read about this, the more and more it absolutely seems like what happened is Riot said, we Am I getting disconnected again? Are you? I can still hear you. Can you not hear me? You're still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear okay. me? You... Yeah, I can hear you now. It's just everything went quiet. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, the more and more you look into this story, the more and more it seems like uh, Riot absolutely said um just take it from the the opl just take it from the opl whatever we have to we need to settle this lawsuit as as quickly and as easily as possible uh because it's making us look bad so just take the money from uh take the money from the esports right it's i i it, it's really kind of messed up it's Hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but that's uh, that's business for you. Yeah, that, that, I mean, you're not wrong. That's that's business. Like, that is absolutely business, isn't it? But yeah. all right, looks like he ran. Yeah. All right. Well. Oh, I need to kill myself. Uh, do you need me to put down a heel spike? Well, I could do that, but uh, I'm not worried about it just yet, because I've got the heal over time function on this set of armor. Gotcha. So it heals slower, but does heals like 20% more, so it's good to, to have that on when we're going to find the, the fucker. Right. <clears throat> um, okay, so is, uh, is that all you got for OPL? That's all I got for the OPL. It seems like a very screwed up situation that was planned. The uh, I'm sensing a lot of shadiness. It's, it seems like a lot of shadiness, doesn't it? And I can't confirm it's like, that that's what it is, but it seems like a lot of shadiness. I feel a disturbance in the force. It's as if hundreds of OPL leaguers cried out and then were instantly silenced. Sith are multiplying. <laughs> So uh, we'll put a break right here. 
and continue on to the next subject. Yep, and I believe so. the next subject was the new Disney Aladdin movie we're going to talk about. Nope. Okay, we can do that. I was going to say Monster Hunter, but yeah, we can, uh, we'll talk about Aladdin since we both watched it. We'll talk about Aladdin, and depending on how long that goes, uh, we'll save Monster Hunter for, uh, the next cast. I don't know, I mean, do you have, do you have a lot to say? Because, I mean, you know, I watched, I watched it, I think, Wednesday, and then you watched it last night, and, uh... You go ahead first with your thoughts. Okay. I didn't just watch it last night. I watched it and I watched the original. Because I was, right, like, to get the... <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe there's a lot I'm missing, but this is weird. Um, I will hmm. start off with the things that I liked about the new Aladdin. Um, I thought mm -hmm. Will Smith was excellent. Uh, hmm. I, I thought he was excellent in his capacity. Uh, unfortunately, he was lacking in the singing. Um, but I thought he—I <laughs> thought he played his role. Like, Will is always a joy to watch in just about any role he does. Like, he really is, and he was still a joy to watch even in this role. But he falls so short of Robin Williams. Silly. I was—I'm watching him play the genie, and I'm like, no. If it's not right. Robin Williams, it's, it's just not going to work. Like, he, and, it, and it's not Will's fault. He did an excellent job, but that is a role that was made for Robin Williams. It is, it, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool. It was made <laughs> for him. No one else is mm -hmm. going to be able to do it like he does it. it it's, it's just him, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so Will Smith did the best he could, and I enjoyed his performance, but he falls so short of Robin Williams' portrayal of the genie, it's it's ridiculous. But yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. Um, I liked Will mm. Smith. I, I liked his performance. Um, Dahlia was, of course, not in the original. She was the handmaid in the Jasmine. But, man, was she mm -hmm. a standout performance in this for me. I loved her <laughs> character. She, I loved her. She was the character I liked the best. <laughs> like, at the end of the movie, Will's like, would you like to go around the world with me? And she's just like, I would like that. And also, I want children. <laughs> I'm just like. I want two kids, a boy and a girl, and you'll tell them stories and and sing and like her her character was just the best. Her character was just the best. Um, and like a, especially when uh, Jeannie went to uh, steal her away to be wingman. Yeah. And he shows up and he's just being all awkward as shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he magics up the flowers and she's like, oh. Jasmine doesn't like those. He was like, uh, these are for you. And she's like, excuse me, I'll be right back. Closes the doors and she's all like, yes, yes. Ah! <laughs> these are my favorite. Please continue. <laughs> right. She was the best character in the movie. She really was. Like, I loved Will Smith's performance, but as, but as far as character, she was just the best. 
Um, in addition, I didn't realize I was gonna like as much as I did until the story, until the story kept going. Um, I also liked the, and it did keep me laughing, but I don't think it kept me laughing when the movie wanted me to laugh. It, well, that's not true. They did a lot of the, it was all the embarrassing moments. It, it, like, that's why I say Will Smith was still a great performance and he still did an amazing job. Because when he was just interacting with Aladdin or any of the other characters, it was funny. It was just funny. I couldn't, but when the show wasn't with him and the characters talking and they tried to do something funny, I was like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, the only time it was funny is when it was the characters interacting with each other. Um, which was intentional, but there are so many other times when it seems like it was meant to be funny, and it just wasn't, right? I, I don't know if that's just me. Yeah. Um, well, there was uh, when, after the Prince Ali song, and they're standing in, in, the, uh, uh, in the throne room... And God, it was just so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and Aladdin's like, uh, yes, this is all for you. For what? To buy you. No, wait, that's not what I meant. <laughs> and then Will Smith over there is like, wow, you actually said that. Yeah. And he's got that, that forced pain smile on his face. <laughs> he's like, oh, I, oh, this is going Oh, this is bad. <laughs> it's just, it's, all those moments were, were really funny to me. Uh, like when Aladdin shows up yeah. to turn her bracelet and Jasmine walks behind him and is like, yes, Princess Jasmine. And Dolly is like, oh, 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 oh I'm Princess Jasmine. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to go clean my, I'm going to go clean my kitty, did she say? Clean my cat. Clean my cat. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna give my, my cat a bath. Cat. <laughs> and, and then she calls, he's like, Dahlia, this cat isn't going to clean itself. And Aladdin's like, clean itself. No cats clean themselves? <laughs> like, right. Uh, um, I so I, I like the performances. I think the performances were good. Um, <clears throat> the visual effects were passable. They weren't great, but they were passable. Um mm. Uh, the story overall, uh, go ahead and get us queued up for another Valamir. I need many, many more parts from it. Um, okay. It, uh, I'm trying to think of more things I actually liked about it, but I think that was it. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, I thought overall the movie was alright. I, I, I thought it was alright. Um, but as for things that I didn't like about it, the uh, mm. the first song, uh, I, I forget what it's actually called, the One Step Ahead, it, like the first oh, song uh, in the movie. Well, no, the first song was Arabian Nights. The second song in the movie, then. The one Aladdin sings in the beginning of the movie when he's getting chased by the Yeah, cops. Yeah, one... Um... I, well, here. Let me look it up while you're talking. Yeah. Uh, but we know what we're talking about. Look up the name for me, but we know which one yeah. we're talking about. That song was just terrible. 
and then I watched the original, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, it was always terrible. So it's not the new movie's fault. It was always just a bad song. <laughs> it's so bad. I actually like that song. Oh, yeah, it's, it's One Jump Ahead. Yeah, One Jump Ahead was just so bad to me. Like, ugh. And I remember <laughs> before I watched the movie, there was a review. All A lot of the reviewers I was watching on the new Aladdin movie were talking about uh, a whole new world in the new movie and how it came off as kind of rapey. And I don't know why, but when they're going down the waterfall and he's like, don't you dare close your eyes and hold your breath, it gets better. I was like, is Jasmine being attacked right now? Is that what, like, I literally understood what people thought because I immediately got uncomfortable and I don't even know why. <laughs> like, I was like, is it just the the cadence and the tone that he used is it the way he said it because of what was going on the screen and then i watched the original and the whole new world going through and i realized the reason it wasn't threatening in a in the original is because when he says don't you dare close your eyes it's because she put her hands in front of her eyes and he pulls her hands out from under her eyes and it immediately goes Mm -hmm. hold your breath it gets better but the scene isn't on them right but when they're going down the waterfall Jasmine, it, it, it when it when it when they're going down the waterfall, Jasmine seems alarmed, and he goes, "Don't you dare!" Like in the original, she doesn't seem alarmed. She's just you know putting her hands in front of her eyes, and it's like a a play thing. And but when she's going mm-hmm. down that waterfall in the actual live action movie, she seems genuinely uncomfortable, right? And he goes, "Don't you dare close your eyes and hold your breath; it gets better." And I'm like, hmm. "Why do I feel whoa there, like Epstein?" Being a... Yeah, right. <laughs> like whoa there, Epstein. <laughs> like whoa, it's like that. Yeah, it's... it was it was it was such a weird moment. It was such a weird. moment. Um, I, I had an issue where at the beginning of the movie, the guards were chasing Aladdin, and I couldn't understand why. Because the two women that he ran into tried to steal a cup out of his bag, and he caught them mm-hmm. doing it. He caught them trying to steal from him, and then one of them goes up and says something to the guard. We don't know what she says, and the guard immediately starts running toward Aladdin. And it's like, I, and he just runs, right? So it's like, wait. What what happened here? Why is this going on? And, and so I thought that was kind of weird. And then um, what really started getting me is when Jafar realizes who he is and has him abducted, and then all of and then he's tied to that chair, and mm-hmm. they. And then Javar kicks him out of the window, and when he hits the water, the chair disintegrates. And I'm like, well, he's dead then. There's no way that Hmm. chair disintegrated, and he didn't disintegrate with it. That's not how physics works. You're showing a (laughs) solid wood chair literally breaking apart under his weight hitting the top of the water. And he's still alive and unharmed for some reason? No show, no movie, that's not how that works. That would have broken his back (laughs) in two if that was the case. And then, 
Abu and um and this is also a thing that happened in the original, which is still stupid. Abu and uh, the carpet come racing down, and they just throw the lamp in the water. And I'm like... Like, why couldn't you just dive in there and get him? Right, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is he supposed to do with his hands tied behind his back? And the thing is, it was, it, was, it was a bad scene that was in both movies, and the original movie still handled it better. You know why? Because the original movie actually showed him trying to get to the lamp, but unable to do so. But the lamp, because right. of his struggles falling down, getting close enough to fall down and hit his hand and the water, because of the water pressure it moved his finger and made him rub the lamp so even though it was a dumb situation, the original movie still handled it better and I'm like how does the original movie handle that better if you could have just cut hmm. that part out, it was literally unnecessary uh, that's another what, thing the that, him falling in? Yeah, the him being kicked out of the window was just unnecessary altogether. You could have done any number of other things. You could have put him in the dungeon. You could have, uh, you could have put him in the dungeon. Well, no, the, okay, well, the whole point behind that was to burn that second wish. Right, but you still could have burnt that second wish. So if Jabbar had caught him and been like, well, we're going to keep you in the deepest, darkest dungeon until you give up the lamp or whatever. Then put him in the dungeon, Abu and the carpet find their way in, he uses the wish because he can't find a way out, right? He actively uses it. Because really, he didn't even use that wish. The genie just decided that must be the way it goes. And that's another thing about it. In the original, the genie is very, very strict on making sure to only help when he when it's wished for whereas in the new one will smith is constantly doing things to help uh aladdin with no wish involved <laughs> like constantly um but uh yeah it's like you want to do creative license for this and you want to do creative license for that but when there are things that need to actually be changed because they actually don't make any sense those are the things you don't change? What is with this mentality? I don't understand. Um, well, we're not screenwriters, so well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that would, that's actually another thing that really made me angry with the new one, is that they destroyed Jasmine's character. Jasmine... And oh, the they made her the... They made her the proud feminist? No, she's the proud victim. She does nothing the entire movie she is just there are two times in the movie in the new movie where Javar outright tells her to shut up and sit down and she shuts up and yeah. sits down in the original movie if Jasmine had any form of combat training she'd have kicked the crap out of Jafar the only time Jafar <laughs> is ever able to talk to Jasmine like that in the original movie is when he is when he has the upper hand and physically goes to actually hit her because she doesn't have any combat training so of course if he becomes physical there's nothing she can do but she is they show Jasmine in the new movie as someone who has ideals but none of the actual grit to stick to her guns whereas in the original movie that's Jasmine this is how she thinks and yeah. no one's gonna tell her any different right no one's gonna yeah like, yeah I, I see what you mean it, yeah i was so angry about that 
they turn they just turned her into a victim to be saved where the original movie was like no jasmine is a is her own strong character on her own there are just things that she is not prepared to do you know there are things that she doesn't have the preparedness to be able to handle like the only time jasmine in the original movie is really is uh is relegated to being saved is after javar becomes the most powerful sorcerer on the planet and no one can handle him but there are so many times when she could have in a new movie where she could have told javar that he could stick it where the sun don't shine and she just does it like right so i'm like <laughs> no screw this this is terrible like this this version of Jasmine is just terrible. Um, unfortunately, Will and the the, uh, the genie and uh, Aladdin like it's obvious that Jasmine is the standout singer here. If they're doing the, if they're actually singing the songs themselves, it's obvious she's the standout singer. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. Will was never that great of a singer, and it hasn't gotten better with time. Um, he does all right, but it's not. It, it, it's, it's just... And the guy who plays Aladdin? Nope. Uh, not that he's terrible or anything. Just the difference between Will and Aladdin, the difference between Genie and Aladdin and Jasmine is so... Profound. It's so distinct. Like, it's li you listen to Genie and you listen to Aladdin sing, and then you listen to Jasmine sing, and you go, wow, that is a big gap between talent. That is a big gap in talent. <laughs> and the thing is, so when I was listening to Will Smith sing the Never Had a Friend Like Me song, I was like, why is this uh -huh. so bad to me? Why does this feel so wrong? <laughs> like, this is, like, it's just not good. And then I watched the original, and I watched Robin Williams mm -hmm. sing it. And Robin Williams was never a, a singer, right? He, he, he does voices and things like that. But I read up on it, mm -hmm. and it turns out Robin Williams, the song, that the Never Had a Friend Like Me song was not written for Robin Williams. It wasn't written for anyone specifically. It was written... But Robin Williams would literally take whatever time he had after uh, casting and voice acting to go to the studio of the guys mm -hmm. who were making the song and practice the song over and over and over and over again. He actually made change. They said he took complete creative control over it and they let him. That song conformed to Robin Williams. That's his song. Right. right. No one mm -hmm. is ever going to be able to sing that song as good as him. Period. Mm. That is and his same with uh, song. And same with Prince Ali. Uh, honestly, when I when I rewatched the original, it he he uh Aladdin the new Aladdin didn't do like worse than the original Aladdin. Like it even in the original. The the uh the actress the voice actress who plays Jasmine is a much better singer than the voice actress that plays Aladdin. No 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 no. Um, when I say Prince Ali, I mean the song where oh. they come in. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. 
they said that too. They said he went ham on that song. Both of those songs <laughs> are Robin Williams songs. He might as well they might as well have been written specifically for him. No yeah, one else that, that's what I meant when I said okay. Prince Ali. Okay, I, I didn't realize that. But yeah, no one is going to be able to perform those songs as good as Robin Williams. That is his role. No one will ever be able to top it, period. Um, that's why I say Will Smith did an amazing job, but he just can't hold a candle to Robin Williams in that in, in that uh, role. He just can't. And, and the thing yeah. is... He Will Smith is probably the only actor they could have to even have done it as good as he did. I don't know if there's any other actor that would have come off even half as good as Will did in that role. Hmm. Yeah. And even at his Nothing. best, he couldn't compare to Robin Williams. Even a little bit. Another Valamir? Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can upgrade this to the next one. So, yeah. Uh, hmm. uh, yes, Nemo. Uh, I'm missing a specific, uh, uh, a specific uh, part. What piece? Uh, I'll tell you where you need to hit. It doesn't. T it doesn't let me see what it is. I don't know how to check what it is. Are you? Is it for a weapon or it's for a? Okay, so when you're when you're in that menu and you're looking, oh, go to go to Will's, and then look at the at the weapon, and you can scroll down with your uh, right thumbstick to see what piece it is, and then from there we can figure out what part of the Valamir you need. Oh, oh, so it's the scar. Yeah, so go to her, look at it, scroll down on the other side, and I need two untabled, unstable tail spikes. Two unstable tail spikes from a Valamir? Mm -hmm. A common drop from All the right. tail of any Valamir. All right, focus on the tail. That I have not gotten, even though it's common. <laughs> I'll focus on the tail. Gotcha. Um, we'll get them shits for you. But yeah, it, it was not a bad movie, but it pales in comparison to the original. I... I honestly, mm -hmm. like I was watching it. I got halfway through the movie and I was like, "God, I'm bored." <laughs> like I'm just like, "Man, I'm bored." <laughs> oh boy! And every time it got to a, uh, every time it got to them starting to sing, I was like, "Ah, oh, crap!" When Jasmine did her new solo song, I just skipped it. I couldn't do it. I was like, "Nope, not doing this." I just skipped her. So whole the one. Song. <laughs> the one after Jafar kicks her out? Yeah, the one after he basically yeah. tells her to shut up and sit down. And then she's like, well, I'm not going to tell you some stuff about you, Jafar, that you don't want to know. I'm going to walk away, <laughs> not say nothing, like a little <laughs> punk. I'm going to walk away, and then I'm going to sing about how bad I feel. And I was like, nope, skipping this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not, not sitting through this. Um, but mm. yeah, it's just, I, I, watching that movie, I was like, I feel like this would have been a lot better if instead of them trying to remake the original movie, oh, and not to mention, 
them trying to update a lot because the genie is always jumping back and forth through time and shit and stuff like that and they just tried to get as many hip-hop and pop culture references in there as they possibly could and, and that's not to say that robin williams didn't do that but he kind of went back and forth from the past the present and the future they were just they were just unloading with everything in like current today pop and like just just doing everything they could to try to connect the, to connect with the children right like uh so you're talking about like uh you're talking about how robin williams would do like a william f buckley impression or uh um jack nicholson right impressions and he would do stuff yeah like yeah that. <clears throat> and in this one they were just yeah. like constantly doing like hip-hop references pop culture references um oh uh, uh, another thing that I did like that I forgot to state when I started watching the movie when they first go into the Cave of Wonders it they make it seem like the treasure is somehow possessing people who look at it so that they want to grab mm. it and thus fail the test and I was like well what's the point of the test if you're gonna have the treasure possess them because the in, the main lesson of Aladdin is the danger of greed right mm, that is yeah. his primary lesson and there are other lessons in the movie but that's the primary lesson aladdin is a cautionary tale of greed so i thought oh man they're gonna screw up the entire point of the film they're gonna screw up the entire point that is a cautionary tale of greed they didn't do that and i'm glad they did they they did not screw it up mm. at the end they did i thought they were going to but they didn't and, and I'm happy that they didn't. So that's another good thing about the movie. I really like that they actually elaborated on the friendship themes. Um, and the the virtuousness of being yourself. Uh, the virtues of, you know, being upfront and truthful. Um, right. Like, I, 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 like a lot of those, uh, a lot of those things I'm glad that they kept intact and, intact and actually... Uh, promoted them more. Um, I feel like... Um, actually, they even brought up a really good point where you're either the most powerful person in the room or you're nothing. That kind of struck home a little bit with me because hmm. society yeah. does tend to do that, right? You're either the most powerful person in the yeah. room or you're nothing. That, that's actually a very, uh, like, this a public secret, right? Everybody knows that that's how it is, but mm. nobody acknowledges it. Um, so I thought that that was a really good line that they actually put in the movie. Um, uh, let's see. But yeah, uh, overall, not terrible. Overall, not terrible. I don't think it's better than the original. I feel like what they should have done instead of trying to remake the original is what they should have done is they should have uh, done a new version of it where it's maybe Aladdin and Jasmine's children and they find a new lamp with a new genie and it's a new lesson that harkens back to the first movie and its lesson 
focus on the tail. Yeah. And, uh, and there, and there were, uh, two other, uh, made for TV movies for, for Aladdin. There was Return of Jafar and, um, King of Thieves or something like that. Uh, yeah, Return of Jafar and the King of Thieves. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I see your point, like, uh, could be, um, well, since um, since Jasmine becomes the the Sultan, and well, so I guess that's how it would work. Well, no, so that was another thing I thought was really uh, silly about the new movie, because once again they destroyed Jasmine's character, but she was adamant about becoming Sultan herself. They decided they needed to mm -hmm. change that. That she wasn't a strong enough character if, as a woman, she didn't want to be in charge. Because the original Jasmine understood what her uh, father was doing. And, and, and the thing is, another thing that they constantly promote in the movie is that Jasmine's mom... Like, they bring Jasmine's mom into it. Because in the original, you don't really hear anything about her mom. So they bring in her mom. Yeah. And how her mom was from a neighboring kingdom. And how her mom was loved by the subjects. And how she always had good ideas and stuff. And I was like, well, okay. So, because of tradition, her father was sultan. And she really admired and looked up to her mom. I was like, why are you... this?" That was the feminist part of the movie. This promoting that Jasmine needed to be in charge. Right? That that was the, the big thing. The, that was the big feminist thing in the movie. Put a woman in charge. Let a woman do it. She's obviously intelligent. She's obviously qualified. But is she? Because I know she's a princess, but she couldn't even control the palace. And remember, the only reason they were able to get the upper hand on Jafar before he turned himself into the most powerful sorcerer in the world was by pleading to the captain of the guard to side with her. The Jasmine yeah. from the original movie ran that palace. She was never outside... It, her never going outside the palace wasn't because her father was keeping her in like some kind of prisoner. It's just because she was a princess and so she'd never been outside the palace. And it wasn't until she got to the point where she really wanted to go outside and meet people that she was then that she then just went and did it. So yeah, uh, come look over here behind the behemoth and see if there's an unstable tail spike for you. So I'm sitting here like, yeah, th there's your propaganda. There's your feminist movement. Just put the woman in charge, right? But it's obvious that it, it's very obvious that Jasmine does not have. There is something she is lacking. Yes, she's smart, but if every smart person could lead a country, you know, we there like look at Trump. Smart people don't necessarily have... It, just because you're smart doesn't mean you should lead a country. Right? right? And I'm not saying that Trump is a role model for leading the country, but I'm stating that it takes something more than just being intelligent to lead a country. And that's why I'm so angry that they destroyed Jasmine's character. Because the Jasmine in the new version doesn't have that. 
she doesn't have what it takes to lead a country. The Jasmine in the original movie has what it takes because the Jasmine in the original movie didn't take crap from nobody. Like, you better watch what you say to the Jasmine. Okay, I've got a oh. issue again. You cut out. Oh, sorry. Um, there you go. Okay, but the Jasmine in the original, you better watch what you say to that Jasmine. That Jasmine doesn't take crap right. from anyone. This Jasmine will let a dude yeah. tell her to shut up and sit down, and she'll just be like, well, okay, and then she'll go cry and complain about it in her room. That is not the original Jasmine. So Over I, here. So it was just like, I was like, I don't like this Jasmine. I don't like her. Hmm. <laughs> right. And I, I see what you mean. Uh, now, the actress was very attractive. She is. And I kept looking at her, and I'm like, where do I know this? What do I know this actress from? I kept looking at her face, and I was like, why does she look familiar? And I looked it up. She played, she played mm -hmm. the Yellow Ranger in the Power Rangers movie. She did? Yep. Or no, the Pink Ranger, sorry. She played the Pink Ranger. The Pink Ranger. In the new Power Rangers movie. In the new I one. Knew her from. Yeah. Okay. I was like, why does she look familiar? And yeah, personally, not. Nah. Doesn't do it for me. And that might just be because. Yeah, we know your. Character. That might just be. Yeah, because probably. Because she is pretty, but. Ugh. I hated the Jasmine in this movie. I hated yeah. the Jasmine in this movie. Oh, and then uh, I told you last night off off air about how uh, in the Prince Ali uh, montage, how he's wearing a giant Afro-shaped turban. <laughs> well, actually, that's that's one of the messed up things, uh, kind of about the uh, about the uh, friend like me song. Because when they, uh, the guys who made the song said that when they made making the song, they were thinking of a black person having being the character that it was a black person who was the character. And this might me just be me being pessimistic, but I was like, oh man. So you guys envision the all powerful but imprisoned genie who's a servant to whoever rubs his lamp as a black man. <laughs> well, that was something I could have went to my grave not knowing. <laughs> like, so that's how we're getting racist on this. Gotcha. I, I wasn't looking for it to be. I really wasn't. And I can't say that those guys were, like, racist. But I was just like... But but the actor was Robin Williams. And I don't think they knew who was going to be acting for it. Because, like they said, they didn't make it for the actor. But I was like, but, but, but why? <laughs> I was just, like, in my head, like, well, why? Why would it be... Why, 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 why a black guy for this character? Because you knew, you know what the character is. You know what the character is. <laughs> uh, I was just like, uh... <sighs> yeah. And then uh, on my end of that, 
um, our, our friend Ian, uh, I think out of the three of us, saw it first. And I had told him, uh, let me know what you think of it when, you know, when you're done watching it. And, and you know, uh, I, I don't wish to speak ill of Disney's new, uh, new political lens they're viewing stuff through. But, uh, you know, I, I knew at least, you know, from, from, uh, social media stuff. Hang on a second. You know, that, uh, when they're doing a live action Mulan and they're making sure that everybody's Asian. Cause cultural appropriation or whatever. And so I had asked Ian, uh, so were there any white people in the movie? And he was like, yeah, one, and they made him an idiot. Yeah, I saw that too. And I watched the original, and he's not even in the original. So it's like, why was this necessary? He was literally yeah. there just to be a boob. And there was no reason for it. So th this is, yeah. once again, when there's changes that you don't need to make, but you make those changes but other changes you could have made okay. that would make the movie flow better and be better, but you don't make those better changes. What is this mentality? <laughs> and and that's another right. thing. I was watching, I got to the end of the movie and then I went to watch the original movie and the original movie is only a hundred, uh, an hour and 33 minutes and the new movie is two hours and like 15 minutes, give or take. And I and I and I saw right. the runtime of the original movie, and I was like, "You could cut thirty minutes out of the new movie and not miss anything. Why is it two? Why is it only two hours? <laughs> you could cut right. literally thirty to forty minutes out of the new movie and still have the story intact. Why is there an extra thirty why? to forty minutes of crap?" Hmm. So here I can actually pull it up for you. Runtime is two hours and eight minutes. Yeah, two for the hours new Aladdin. And minutes. So an extra thirty, an extra thirty-five minutes. Why? Why? Hmm. Uh, creative uh, license, I'm guessing. Bad creative license. Oh, and I know I try. I always say, hey, always come at someone with criticism with you know, constructive criticism and respect, but whoever wrote the new Jasmine's personality and character, you can go screw yourself. You can take <laughs> that entire character and shove it up your butt because it's terrible and you should feel bad. There's no me taking this back. That was just terrible. And I don't know who wrote it and I don't know who approved it, but both of them can go to hell. That was crap. <laughs> they destroyed a perp. Jasmine's original character was a character that you only needed to improve on. And they tore it apart and made it something unrecognizable. And that I will not forget. They can go screw hmm. themselves. They can go right to hell for that. Because her character only needed some tweaks to improve it. It didn't need to be rewritten. 
that is a huge screw up of that movie and it nearly tanked the movie for me the only reason this movie the only reason i'm not i'm not here telling you not to go see this movie and that this movie is complete trash is because will smith's uh, because Will Smith's character as the genie was actually good. It, it wasn't Robin Williams good. Like you're you're looking at Robin Robin Williams on a scale is a double S class performance as genie, and Will Smith is an <laughs> A class performance. That's the difference. So it's still an A. It's still great. He still good. He still did an amazing job, but it's not Robin Williams double S right. Um, right. <laughs> all of the little funny moments uh, with Will Smith and the interactions with the characters, and then Dahlia as the handmaiden, which surprised me because I didn't think I would like that because I was like, Jasmine never had a handmaiden. And, but I actually ended up loving Dahlia's character more than any of the other characters. She was so funny, so genuine, even if she was a little ditzy. But uh, I ended up loving her character. Her Dahlia's character and Genie saved that movie. If neither of them was in that movie, hmm. this movie would be a pile of trash. And I would tell you to take it out to the side of the road and burn it. <laughs> hmm. Oh, and uh, for our behind the scenes, there's uh, something Disney and feminist related I'm going to tell you about. <laughs> but uh but overall but, uh, uh, oh go ahead sorry i was just gonna say so be ready for that okay um but overall uh i thought the movie was okay i doubt i'm ever gonna watch it again but i thought the movie was okay um i believe it is worth your time i probably wouldn't go to a theater to watch it I, if you really want to see the movie i would say wait for it to come out on dvd but i don't think it's a bad time per se but just from my perspective in my opinion be prepared for a lot of boring crap unless will smith or dahlia is on screen though i will state that uh Aladdin and Jasmine have a lot of really good little funny interactions, and that's not too bad. Um, and there's one part in the original movie where when Aladdin first meets Jasmine and he's trying to get her out of trouble because she, of course, stole to give to some kids. And she's just like, I didn't steal. It's like, no, you stole something. You did. You did steal it. You stole it, and then you gave the goods to someone else without you took something and didn't pay for it and gave it to someone else. Um, but, uh, uh, what was I, uh, but that entire scene in the original movie was so much better than what they turned it into in the new movie, because in the original movie, it was that she was, he, Aladdin pretended that she was his sister and that she was crazy. And he was like, and the guy is like, well, she was talking about the sultan. And he's like, well, she thinks the monkey is the sultan. And Jasmine is like, oh, right. great, Abu, sultan. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, right. sis, let's go see the doctor. And she, like, screws up her eyes and looks at a camel. She's like, oh, hi, doctor. He's like, not that doctor. It's, it's such a funny scene. <laughs> and I'm like, why did they need to change that? That's great. That's like right. it, because Jasmine comes off as such a stern character when she does that it 
it gives her a sense of, oh, she's just as goofy as everybody else. It softens her character. Because Jasmine is not afraid to tell you exactly what she thinks, and she doesn't care if someone doesn't like it. Which, uh, I already talked about how they destroyed Jasmine's character. We don't need to go back into that. Um, Yeah. yeah, Um, So, quick quick pause. Do you need more uh, Tail Spike? But uh, it's and then, okay uh, yeah. Uh, but final thoughts on it? I thought it was an okay movie. Uh, yes, I do need you another tail spike. Uh, I'd wait for it to come out okay. on DVD if you're actually interested in watching it. Outside of that, I I wouldn't pay the money to go see it in theaters. I just wouldn't. Like <laughs> Will Smith and Dahlia are great, but they're not great but enough for a ticket price in a movie. It, it, and and that's not their <laughs> fault. Right. That's the movie's fault. The movie itself overall isn't good enough to warrant going to a movie theater to watch. But if you want to see Will Smith and Dahlia, wait for it to come out on DVD, get it on DVD. Or wait for it to come out on or, a streaming service like Disney Plus or Netflix if they get it. Oh no, they won't get it. It's all all Disney stuff is going to be on Disney Plus. So if you really want to see it, go ahead and drop the seven ninety nine to watch it. Or just if you don't have Disney Plus, just do your one week free trial and give it a watch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those are my <clears throat> thoughts on it. So I thought it was okay. Yeah, I also thought it was okay, and I also agree. Uh, Robin Williams definitely made the original. He was the driving force behind it. And a lot of people are going to be using that Robin Williams yardstick, if they haven't already, to judge the new movie. And I also agree, Will Smith did his best. He, he was an A when Robin Williams was a double S. Definitely. Definitely agree with that. Um, and yeah, the songs really didn't do it for me like they did in the original. And the floofy, gay-sounding Swedish guy. Not cool, Disney. Yeah, who is just completely unnecessary. Yeah, not cool. And had that little, like, tassel pen and was waving it in Raja's face. And I I was like, yeah, Raja, fuck him up. Yeah. Well, it, and that's what makes it so terrible. He's not a character from the original movie. He's completely unnecessary, and the only times you see him is when he's making a complete and utter buffoon of himself. He's not even a character. He's not even a character. He's literally there for the rest of the cast to make fun of. That's what makes it so terrible. Yeah. Definitely. Um, (sighs) Just bad. Bad, bad. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. And and I'm noticing that's kind of an alarming trend nowadays to kind of jump off of the Aladdin topic. Um, this, I'll call it idiotification, like idiotification of white people. Not that there aren't idiots. There are plenty of idiot white people, but this like purposeful, you know, like how there there was always 
there's always like the token black guy. Well, that was a that was a trope. It's when it's yeah. delicious because they're remaking the Bill and Ted movie. I absolutely expect. No, it's that. it's not a remake. It's the third. Or yeah, well, they're coming out with another Bill and Ted movie. So I absolutely expect yeah. the two uh, the two white people, the two main character white people, to be stupid because they are. That's their character. The movie kind of centers around that. The, but it's yeah. not malicious. It's meant, yeah. It's it's not malicious in its intent. It's comical yeah. and lighthearted. This is just malicious. This isn't meant to be comical or light. This is malicious, because if it was comical and lighthearted, he would have a character arc. But he doesn't. He's just there to be made fun of. That is malicious. Yeah, look at that stupid white guy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody laugh. That's literally what that is. And if, if, if and... it had been any other uh, ethnic per if it had been an ethnic person in that position, and they had no character, and they were just there for the cast to make fun of, people would be people would be burning down buildings right now. There would be riots. <laughs> there like, it, it's like, right. I cannot stress this enough. It is not okay to do something just because it, the entire point is that it's not okay to do something just because someone is a certain color. So if it's not okay to do it to this person of, uh, of a certain color, it's not okay to do it to another person of a certain color, no matter how you feel about it. Because then it's just the same racism directed at someone else that doesn't make it okay. Like, it, right. I don't understand what's so hard about that concept. If it's not okay to be done to you, it's not okay to do it to someone else. That's not a hard concept. Evidently, it I is. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's. You know, it, it's still racism. It's just not against the classically opposed yeah. or classically, yeah, opposed class. Yeah, like for whatever yeah, like racism against. Uh, and I'll just use this as an example: racism against black people back in the 18, 17, 1600s was perfectly okay at the time. But now all you're doing is perpetrating racism against white people. That's not okay. It wasn't okay to perpetrate racism against black people, and it's not okay to perpetrate racism against white people. It's, it, it's not okay to perpetrate racism, period. Right. Stop it. Chain, trading out one race for another don't make it any better. Don't make it better. Like, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like... It gets frustrating because this should be something that's obvious, right? And it, 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 mm -hmm. it boggles my mind how this isn't something that's obvious. If it's not okay for someone to do it to you, it's not okay for you to do it to someone else. It's as simple as that. Hmm. But but my 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 subjugation. But but shut up and sit down. How about that? <laughs> but but shut oh. up and sit down. Oh, I'm gonna go out into the onto the uh, palace uh, um, balcony and sing a song now. Yeah. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so good on that. We'll put a break here. And did you want to go ahead and talk about uh, Monster Hunter or cut it there? Uh, we'll, we'll need to cut it here because I got to go get ready so I can get out to D&D. Um, we'll, we'll ah. We will talk about Monster Hunter again um, and its storyline. But this will give you – we'll do it on the next podcast. We'll make it a – like instead of, a, instead of an add-on topic, we'll make it a main topic. Um, and that'll give you time to maybe jump back into it and catch up so I don't spoil you on it. Um, but I'm gonna spoil well, the crap out of it next podcast. Oh, I, I can already see him twirling his villain mustache. <laughs> like, <Something laughs> the spoilers! Has, the thing is, in the story, something has come to light that has changed one of the characters from a uh, from a basically in in a aspect. Uh, from basically, it has turned a villain in the story into a protagonist. And by Ooh. turning the villain into a protagonist, it turns the protagonist kind of into villains because they keep getting in the mm. protagonist's way. So it's it's mm. actually really good. <laughs> it is. You had my attention. Now you have my interest. Yeah. It, it actually is really good. This part of the story is actually really good, and I love it. And I can't wait to tell you about it. <laughs> hmm. Well, I might go ahead and uh, jump into some Monster Hunter after this. So, okay. Good show. Um, listeners, we... As Gerald will say after after I say it, you know, we appreciate your time. There's a lot of stuff you could do, but you chose to give us a, an hour or two of your time, and we greatly appreciate that. Um, you can now follow us on Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Twitch is G-S-A-E-U-T-S. Twitter is also G-S-A-E-U-T-S. Facebook is Gaming Sessions and Everything Under the Sun. I set that page up shortly after starting everything. So there's uh, three places you can interact with us. You know, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Again, you know, give us some ideas of what you'd like us to talk about. You know, we, uh, Gerald over here is doing a lot of the heavy lifting uh, with with topics, so you know, give Gerald a break and uh, give us some ideas of what you'd like to hear us riff on. <laughs> I'm just kind of, like, I'm just kind of picking and choosing things out of the ether. So there might be things I don't think of. So yeah, absolutely, give us topic ideas you would like to hear us talk about and you would like to interact with us on and have a discussion about. Because um, I'm trying to right. also make sure that I'm not just picking things that. I or David like but even things that we may not want to talk about because we don't like those things because it's everything under the sun so everything is up to be discussed um, exactly and even if it's something we might not like you know it's it's always good to get out of your comfort zone yeah because it forces you to take a different perspective and that's not a bad thing um but yeah, so thank you everyone for your time. Hopefully you'll come back and hang out with us again. We can have another discussion. Um, 
we're gonna go ahead and take off i hope you have a good a good rest of the day i hope you have a good week um and once again tell all your friends about us see if they're interested in it and we can all have a conversation together uh but until yep. then take care and see you later have a good weekend and week everybody cut there